Welcome to Season 2 of Best Behavior Creative Club. It's a podcast for people who make things and make things happen. I'm your host, Chris McAdoo, and I'm joined as always by my co-host and producer, Brad Carpenter. Season 2. Locking it down with Chris McAdoo. How are you, man? Dan. Well, you know, wearing a mask, wearing a mask, we're in the office uh, for the first time in a little while. No, well, we have uh, to we have to wear a mask because we are in, actually really close together right now. We so. are within yes. We are masked up. It is Wednesday. And we are in the middle or the beginning or the third turn in the horse race metaphor of some of the craziest times. We're that, in the we're in the apocalypse, basically. It's a little bit apocalyptic. Yep. Um we want to talk to folks that are not only like kind of making it through, but setting examples and finding their own way through <laughs> what is this tough time, but then have also found their way to be originals in themselves. Yeah. And um, I'd like to welcome the crafty lumberjacks. What's up, dudes? Hey! <laughs> Dennis and Andrew, better known as the crafty lumberjacks. You'll find them on... Uh, uh, you can find them on Instagram, but you can certainly find them. They've been on Good Morning America. They are regularly feature, featured on HGTV's Handmade series. And uh, we're just super, super excited to have you guys. You, you guys have been busy. We have been busy. Yeah, very sh- busy. Shockingly, it's been a busy time for us. We weren't expecting it, but I, a lot of people want to craft right now. So Yeah, yeah and actually, the last <laughs> time we were really out of our houses were when we saw you guys down in Knoxville. Yeah, that was right. literally the last time we were basically in public that didn't involve, like, the supermarket. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> the first week of March, and then we got home, and then New York just went right into lockdown, so... Yeah. It's it, it feels like yesterday, but it also feels like three years ago. It is a weird thing how time has taken on an entirely like new meaning. <laughs> because I'm thinking about when we last saw you in March, and it seems both like it could have been last Tuesday, but it also could have been like ten years ago. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like so much has happened since then. Guys, dig in a little bit so I understand that you actually met each other. Um, you were on a traveling production of Fiddler on the Roof, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, we yeah. yeah, about, uh, gosh, almost 10, 10 years, years ago. ago uh, we met and we were both in the cast and we started off as friends and then we started crafting together and then our relationship grew from there. And we did two years of Fiddler on the Roof traveling all of North America and then uh, here we are today. So it's it's crazy to look back. Tell me about your name. How did how did your name, the Crafty Lumberjacks, come about? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a kind of a ridiculous story. But we knew we were going to start a blog after the tour ended, um, and you know because we were on Fiddler on the Roof, we could not shave. Um, and whenever we would go out, we would be um, kind of harassed or catcalled on the street. At one specific time, we were in Vancouver, and we kept running into this man. I guess he was uh, homeless or drunk or something, but he would kind of catcall after us and go, Lumberjacks, Lumberjacks, Lumberjacks. And we saw him <laughs> like, like five times in one weekend. And so we were, you know, drunk one night, kind of, kind of trying to think of a name for the blog. And for whatever reason, that just... Um, 
stuck. We kind of thought we were like crafty couple, crafty guys. And we were like, oh, remember that guy? You know, and we were like, let's do crafty lumberjacks, not realizing kind of where it would lead to. And now people don't know if we're crafty, if we're lumberjacks or what we do. Everybody's confused, but you know what? We're still here and we're sticking to our name. So you guys have facial hair now, but did you have like full Hasidic beards? Yes. Yeah, they they were bushy. Mine was really curly. So kind of was still, I had like a tight curled beard. You know, girls couldn't wear makeup in the show and the men just had to grow out their beards, could not shave. Yeah. And now we're just lazy. So (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah. My my beard is so white. I don't know if you can tell, but like if I grew my beard out any longer than this, it would be full Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. It is just oh my God. Yeah. white white beard. So did you guys both go to school for theater? Yeah, I mean, I, I went to school for theater. I got my BFA in acting um, from Adelphi University. Um, you know, and I, I started acting classes when I was young in middle school. I saw a production of A Christmas Carol and the whole show, there were kids in the show and I would like pull on my mom's sweater during the show. And I was like, mom, I can do that. I can do that. And my mom was so supportive, so loving. And that summer she put me in acting classes. And then ever since then, I never kind of looked back. I was in the high school theater program, went to college for it, and then kind of started right from college booking actual theater gigs, which was a blessing, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, and I I, uh, was doing theater growing up as well. I actually went to school for elementary education, but I minored in theater. So it kind of all like meshes into one. I I think teaching is very hand in hand with theater in general, because you obviously have an, an audience when you're teaching. So I feel like they kind of, you know, go together. But then I was teaching in DC and then kind of made the switch. I moved to New York to pursue acting and then I kind of landed the tour right after. Cool. And so, yeah, so there was your, there's the, the fiddler on the roof. So you guys were out for a couple of years. And after you, you, you like, what helped you discover that you guys both enjoyed the craft side of things? You know, like, what, what was that? Was there a big moment? Yeah, I mean, I think when we we kind of became fast friends on tour and we would do things for other company members and people that we would meet. So like we would host parties in our hotel rooms and we would have like secret shots, which were evolved um, like around a certain holiday or something like that. Um, And we would do like cast goodie bags or Valentine's Day just because being on the road, we were on the road for nine months or something like that. Uh, you know, it gets a little lonely. You're trapped in this little bubble. So anytime we could add a little joy or something fun or different to the mix, um, Andrew and I kind of stepped up and did that. Uh, And I think just from there, we um, kind of, or it was the people on the tour that were like, you have to have a blog. You guys have to do something with this. So our blog first started like with a focus on the holidays. And then it kind of evolved into more of um, evergreen DIY projects, holidays, and just, lifestyle you know yeah we were kind of doing it just as a passion project it really started off to keep in touch with cast members on the road and then we kind of realized they were not really following us at all they had no interest so they like pushed us to do it and then they really couldn't care less but then we started gaining all of these random followers who now have become friends it's it's pretty crazy what are some of the you know like when you guys started crafting did you guys come from like families that were into were were, were artistic were you yeah well i i'm from a long island originally and my dad was a carpenter he also uh, dabbled in plastics acrylics 
Uh, and my mother was a crafter as well. She used to um, make wreaths and eucalyptus spreads um, and sell them at craft fairs on Long Island. Yeah, and, and uh, my mom would knit and she would do like cross stitch and uh, she would really like push us to decorate for the holidays and stuff. So I feel like we both kind of had that growing up, which obviously created a lot of inspiration for who we are today. So when did it start just leave the hobby zone and actually become an actual thing that you guys do every day? Uh, you know, that started about maybe three or four years after we really started the blog. We were, you know, doing the blog just as like part-time, just as a hobby. And we were pursuing acting, doing our side hustle gigs while doing that. And it wasn't, I don't know, I guess it was about four years in until uh, HGTV Handmade re reached out, until Marianne reached out mm. to us. And that was kind of what changed everything. Yeah, for that was us. a huge turning point. Yeah. And it, of course, you guys are talking about uh, Marianne Canada, who has been a, a guest on season one of this podcast. Along the way, what kind of influences have you guys had and or folks that you have met that sort of you, you found to give you that extra step or that inspiration like Marianne? I, I think that's the, the craziest part. You kind of, we started this really to do it for ourselves. And then you do realize that you are impacting other people, whether it be people who really thought crafting was out of their element and they would never give it a shot. And then now they say like, you gave me the strength or the courage to tackle something I never thought I would do or kind of bringing uh, families together in a sense of just having an activity to do as a whole family. I think we hear stories of that all the time and it's, you know, and now we'll hear things about like, oh, we did your craft uh, like three holidays ago, like three Christmases ago. And now it's kind of a part of our tradition. And, you know, it's those stories that are always. Yeah, and those are the best stories. When Whenever someone does a project that we make or have created, oh my that's like the, the biggest compliment we could ever get. Yeah, totally. That's great, man. That's so cool. Well, all right. So let's, we, we can sort of fast forward a little bit and talk about that next week when you guys came back to New York and the shutdown happened. What are some of the things that you guys did personally as the lockdown was hardcore in New York um, to kind of keep that creative spirit going and to keep your audience engaged? Um, Gosh, you know, it, it's so funny because the lockdown happened in kind of what we consider like our lull. We, you know, it's like the spring, summer is just like, you know, if we're going to, if people are going to craft, they usually do it around the holidays more than ever. So mm -hmm. we kind of, you know, we were expecting to have some time off and then suddenly everybody's coming to us for like crafty inspiration. And it was tricky because, you know, we love to go to Michael's. We love over and like grab as many supplies as we can. And suddenly oh, yeah. and for us, that's not an option for anybody else. So here we are facing like the issue, like, okay, how do we find inspiration with what we have, with what other people have? And I think we just really had to like, just like face that one thing. It's like, okay, people can be crafty with what they have. I think the first thing we did was like rearrange our furniture in our apartment. We're like, okay, we're gonna just like give our place like a fresh facelift. And uh, suddenly all these other people were doing the same thing. They were like, oh, I love that idea. Yes, I'm gonna be stuck at home. I'm gonna kind of revamp my space with what, what we have. Um, yeah, kind of like stuff like that. It's just like using what you got. What was, I mean, for you guys being there in New York City, I mean, what what were some of the, 
I mean, there's, there's high notes, obviously, like that, but what were some of the stuff that you guys had to deal with as, you know, apartment residents, right, in the city that was hit, or at least at the time, that was hit hardest by this thing? Yeah, I mean, luckily, we live uh, in Queens, which is in Astoria, which is about 15 minutes from Manhattan, so we're out, right outside of the city, and we live in such an amazing community that we, um, a lot of our neighbors, a lot of the people who live in our building have been very respectful. They were wearing masks the moment mm -hmm. Governor Cuomo was like, put on a mask, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of people have been very respectful. We've always been crazy about washing our hands because we're on the subway sometimes, you know, we don't know mm -hmm. who's been on there. So, like, we don't even get our bed at night before taking a shower. I know, so we're, we've we're, always yeah. been paranoid weird people, especially <laughs> from tour, from tour, because you would go from hotel room to hotel room. Oh, we had um, on our tour. Um, we, you know, we, 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 we did. didn't have it. We didn't have it. But we had we had the lights brigade come out. They had to check our beards regularly. So we've always been a little paranoid and very aware of touching surfaces, touching our face. Um, but sorry, I went on a tangent. But but you know, honestly, we didn't see that much change here because um, we love our neighborhood, and I think a lot of people kind of uh, you know teamed up together to kind of battle this together, which was really reassuring. And you, you wanted to do well for other members of our community. Yeah. Um, I think like the hardest thing was like not being able to be out in our community. Like, yes. you know, we, the thing we love about living here is just like, we can walk half a block to so many different stores. We know people in those stores. So all of a sudden, all that's gone. I think that was like the hardest part. And we don't have an outdoor space. So it's not like we can you know, be out on a balcony or something like that. Yeah, so but, that was challenging. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and we would we would do like limit our grocery runs. You know, we did all the stuff that everybody should have been doing. Um, yeah. but but it really wasn't that bad. You know, we got through it, and we're still getting through it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, what's some of the uh during all of this? Like, what are some of the favorite things that you guys have been able to to pull off? Right, like some of the coolest projects that yeah. you guys have been talking about with your with that community. Oh my gosh. Well, Ooh. well, we did a lot of like apartment renovation stuff. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. like we, we redid our kitchen. We redid our living room, you know, as much as we could as renters. Uh, but we got involved <laughs> with our community here. We have, um, uh, an Astoria mutual aid program, um, which has like an Astoria pantry drive and a food drive. Um, so we just kind of been helping out where we can, when we can. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, it's, yeah, I, 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 all those things. Yes, oh, all of okay. those things. Sorry, okay. I thought I would be adding something, but apparently not. <laughs> well, let's. I have a Diane Sawyer emotional question. Wow. So uh -oh. this is a weird time that we live in, and as a creative person myself, I struggle sometimes with fatigue of the world and being depressed. What? advice do you have for crafty people creative people out there to get out of that funk i always think like taking a break is always a good idea if you feel like you're in a crafting funk like just switch your gears and just like shut off even when you're not thinking about something like we will put a lot of pressure to think about a, a certain project and mm -hmm. we will like you know harp on it and we will try to like think of it to death and we will get nowhere with it but the moment we like shut it off, we're like, we're not going to think about it for like two days. Suddenly we realize like our brains are still like thinking about it when we're sleeping and suddenly we'll find inspiration somewhere else. And then we'll come back to it a little more fresh and 
less stressed and it seems to always like do a little better. Yeah. And alcohol drinking <laughs> helps, helps you get through. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, so whatever gets you through, you know, totally. I also think we, we enjoy making things, you know, for, so for us, it's, it's always a pleasure. Yes. We get stressed out sometimes, but it is kind of that Zen space for us at times, at times zone out, paint something, get in the zone. Yeah, I was actually going to say we have a um, a Marianne Canada quote we like to use that like one oh. day she was like, she's like, it's just crafts. Yeah, it's, it's just, just crafts. Because like, we like to put a lot of pressure on what we do. And she just said it like so it was just like I mean, the most yeah. crafts. Or like, and, like no! you know, and, and then sometimes we remind ourselves. <laughs> Like, we'll be okay, we'll be okay. Not a big deal. But I know it it is hard to kind of um, block out all the noise, especially that's happening now, you know, it's difficult. We've talked about where you guys kind of came from, some of your your influences, where, you know, all of that, and we kind of know what you're up to. Um, What's next? What's next? Is there anything cool you guys have have coming up, short term or long term? Well, uh, thinking about moving we're thinking about buying a car um i mean right now we're starting to think ahead for the holidays we're starting to plan for halloween you know um just kind of those little little things but nothing nothing that special yeah i was gonna say we we kind of had all of these goals right before the pandemic hit and just all of those goals just had to shift and change and we just kind of had to get them out of our minds so now we're really just trying to think of okay what is next okay Yes, let's like be an adult and buy a car and let's yes. see where we want to relocate. Focus yeah. on those things, I guess, it's, first. It's challenging, though, in this time where it's it's kind of hard to map that out. It's hard to think about what's ahead and the future, you know, because who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, so it's challenging. Where do you find parking in Queens if you had a car? <laughs> that, that is the That's issue. why we've never bought a car before. Um, <laughs> uh but yeah it's like street parking yeah yeah you know they they got rid of they were doing alternate side parking for a while but now they've gotten rid of it now they just do it one day which is a little easier to move your car but it's still and now all the all the restaurants they have outdoor seating so now the Mm -hmm. the restaurants i guess they own the part of the street that's in front of there so now all of the restaurants have built like outdoor patio areas in In the middle of the street which I'm sure is going to be a cluster F when we get a car, but you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, that's the, I mean, that's part of the, you know, it's kind of terrifying, but then it's also, you know, uh, the ability to shift, the ability to adapt and change, right? Like is so important just as a creative person or as someone who wants to live that creative life where you do open yourselves up to that thing you didn't think you could do. Right. Which I think is, is just, it's just so fun. So what? another thing that, speaking of that, is um, that I want to make sure that uh, that we get to is the uh, the why not, right? Like always, we always talk about why, about why we do this, about why this and all this kind of stuff. And what I always like to look into is the why not. When you stood up and you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Let's do that. Let's try that. Or someone close to you or an inspiration said, yeah, why not? Let's do that. Um, do you guys have a time in your lives, careers, all that kind of stuff that you like to point to as a big why not kind of moment? 
I don't think. Oh, you got oh. this one? No, you're going to take it. Well, I was going to say, I feel like our whole life has been a series of why not? <laughs> because we've always been kind of yes people saying yes to opportunities, emails, anything that kind of comes our way. And I think that has come and it was instilled to us as actors, you know, because we're facing rejection so often um, that when an opportunity pops up, it's like, yeah, well, why not? Oh, yeah, they want me to glue rhinestones on a cactus. Yeah, that's why a, that's not? A true story. That's a true story. <laughs> but, but we're like, okay, show me the money. Why not? Why not? Uh, did you have a specific moment, well, though? I, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to Handmade, but when we, when Marianne That's first uh, emailed us, we were both in a show in, in Rhode, Rhode Island, Island, and we were kind of at a moment, we were like, oh, okay, like acting is kind of taking off. We're both in a place where we really want to pursue it. And then we got this opportunity with HGTV, and it was really hard to balance both because most acting gigs uh, take you out for a, a good amount of time, like three to six months. So it was kind of, well, what do we do? And we we said, why not? Why why not choose something we haven't done before over something that we've, we've done multiple times? <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you look back at uh, over the course of your careers and you say, oh, that didn't work out at all. Yeah, big fails. <laughs> As actors, we're just so conditioned to experience failure. I mean, you go out to 100 auditions, you might get one that if says lucky. yes. Yeah. So I think we're just really used to, you know, to rejection in a lot of ways, which is great because I think we both have developed a thick skin. Even even with our crafting, um, even with crafting, we've, we've had opportunities uh, like brought to us and that have not panned out. And we've put like a lot of hope into those opportunities mm -hmm. and they have completely failed or fizzled. But we always go back to just kind of like what we're used to. We're like, okay, well, that was just another audition. That was just something that didn't yeah. happen. We can be upset about it for 24 hours, but then we have to move on because yeah. that's just what you have to do, you know? Yeah, and, and usually something better comes along or, you know, we like to think that. <laughs> yeah, we like to think that, yes. That's what we ourselves. <laughs> I just I, I think you guys are just a great example of of that um, uh, the creative ethos of consistently kind of like getting beat upon but continuing to you know you're just like ah that's just one I'm going to the next let's let's keep moving um, to to bring things kind of to the to a close with all that in mind is there anything that you would tell someone out there that you know maybe they just want to be a, a craft. Maybe they just want to have some fun and 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 experience some fun traditions with their family. Or uh, it's somebody out there that needs to take that first step in creativity. Maybe they're even scared, right? What do you tell folks like that to to dig in? Uh, I think like don't put a lot of weight on it, especially at first. It's just like you know, like dip your toes into it. Um, yeah, one thing that we always say, too, is nothing to lose, everything to gain. Mm -hmm. So why not? It's like, just go for it. You yeah, know? And, and crafting really, like, isn't always about the outcome. It's really about the experience. And the process. The process, yes. like like petting the cat, holding the, the baby. Petting the cat, holding the baby. Yes. <laughs> um, but really, like, don't put too much weight on it. I think something that I've always struggled with is that when I start a project, I want it to be perfect, so I'll sit looking at the materials forever. And what's great about Dennis is he'll come in and just be like, just do it. Just, like, just go with it. If it doesn't turn out, like, we can always, like, 
fix it in the end or we can start over, but like really don't put too much weight on it and just enjoy the process. Think of like what you liked to do as a child and then start grabbing materials um, that kind of center around that and just uh, be creative and, and let it be mindless and fun. Enjoy the process, be creative. And I think that's, that's such a big deal for folks because um, what that tells me is don't let perfection stand in the way of doing something. Like get started. You know, you wanna run faster? Go run faster. You wanna paint something? Okay, maybe it doesn't turn out, paint over it. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. Well guys, I have enjoyed the process of talking with you guys, learning more and sharing the just absolute energy and joy I think that you guys bring uh, wherever you go. Uh, where can folks go to learn more um, about the Crafty Lumberjacks? You can just find us at craftylumberjacks.com or I don't know, just search everything like Crafty Lumberjacks. We yep. should be there. <laughs> also on the HGTV Handmade YouTube oh, channel yes, yes. and on their social channels. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'll you'll find us. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Dennis, Andrew, the Crafty Lumberjacks. And for all you folks out there in Best Behavior Creative Club land, I want you to get crafty. Go to the house. Go home. Just chill out for a second and enjoy yourselves in these tough times. You know, uh, it just doesn't have to be hard, right? That's right. Like A lot of things are just flat-out fun. Um, so this has been Best Behavior Creative Club Season 2, Episode 1. Season 2, baby. We're here. We are here. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Absolutely. Best Behavior Creative Club is a design sensory original production. And y'all, if you liked what you heard, uh, leave us a review. Then if you enjoyed it and you enjoy the people that we're talking to, share with your friends, family, acquaintances, even enemies. I appreciate your time. I'm Chris McAdoo. I'm Brad Carpenter. I don't want you guys to go make something great. Boom. Boom. We out. We out. Best Behavior Creative Club is a DS original production. That means it's brought to you by Design Sensory. Strong brands got to deliver compelling stories to connect with today's audiences or you're going to risk being ignored. Design Sensory knows how to tell stories like nobody's business or, or maybe your business. Even better. Anyway, guys, if you want to learn more about our original programming, visit designsensory.com slash originals.